Reimagine commercial banking possibilities by partnering with us. Reimagine it. Welcome to Banking Reimagined. Hello, Moto. It's time to reimagine the smartphone. G Suite can help reimagine work for enterprise companies like yours. Healing Reimagined. We're reimagining a whole new world of possibilities. Hey everybody, good morning and welcome to Christ Community Chapel. So, so glad that you're here. Welcome those of you over in East Hall, those of you who are tuning in. Uh, welcome. All right, another big Sunday. And you know how you can tell? Another new sports coat. <laughs> yeah, I'm hoping these are, <laughs> thanks. Hoping these were on sale. This is crazy. All right, we, this is the second week of our three-part series we're calling Reimagine. This series is intended to be like an appetizer, like an hors d'oeuvre, to kind of whet your appetite. It's like if you've ever been to one of those fancy receptions where people are walking around with trays with the toothpicks sticking out of dainty morsels. Those things are great, but you know the real meal is coming. The real meal for us is what we are calling the reimagine class. And if you are here and you are thinking, I can't wait, I love what I'm here and I want to know all about it. Uh, we have a class available for you for early adopters here in October. You can sign up in the Next Step area, but I need to let you know there are only 90 spots available. And you are the third service. So you might, right after this service, knock over people and run there and get in the class. Right, if you are one who needs to process, we designed this rollout for, with you in mind to give you three weeks, kind of, of a 10,000-foot view of what we feel like God is doing. Then we're going to head into a 10-week series on the book of Acts, set the theological foundation to show the rhythm of the early church that we are trying to replicate. And then we'll have a four-week series on Advent where we celebrate the birth of our Savior. And then in January 2021, I will give us a, a vision series like I normally do, but instead of having a theme for a year, it'll be a theme for the next 30 years. So that's the plan. I told you that uh, about 18 months ago, we started to try to take a step back from the busyness of our church here at CCC and to ask some questions. And the most important question we asked was, what does Jesus want? What did Jesus have in mind when he created this wonderful, beautiful, amazing thing called the church? And that drove us to the Bible, and in particular, to Matthew chapter 28. In Matthew chapter 28, Jesus has already died on the cross, and he is resurrected, and he's about to ascend to his rightful place at the right hand of the throne of God. And before he goes, he, just, he gathers his disciples together to give them one last commandment, a mandate. And this is what it says in Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20. It says, And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, 
teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. This is God's word, and it's true. That was the commandment, the only one, the mandate that Jesus gave his disciples. And listen, if you are a Christian today, if you are a Christian today, it's because there has been an unbroken thread for 2,000 years of people willing to obey that commandment. If you are a Christian today, it's because there has been an unbroken thread for 2,000 years of people who are willing to obey that commandment. So for us here at CCC, we have got to be a part of that unbroken thread. Our primary purpose is to make sure we are obeying this commandment and obeying this mandate to make disciples. And of course, then the question is, what does it mean to make a disciple, to make them all over the world? And that made us take another step back and look at the overarching story of the Bible, because the Bible is a story from Genesis to Revelation. And we tried to capture that story with four geometric shapes, square, triangle, triangle, square. And this is the way it's the overarching story of the Bible. First, we start with a square. And the square is the way God created the world. And it says in Genesis chapters 1 and 2 that after every day of creation, God stepped back and said, this is good. This is good. The world God created was absolutely perfect. It was exactly what he intended. Genesis chapters 1 and 2. Genesis 3, sin enters the world. Mankind rebels against God. We decide we're going to be in charge. And what happens is a brokenness inside of every human being and inside of our world. We are just a shard, a triangle of the complete perfection of God, where there is still beauty, there is still love, there are still relationships, but everyone knows it is not what God intended. It is not even what we really want deep down. And then from Genesis chapter 4 all the way to Revelation chapter 18, the vast majority of the Bible is about God's rescue operation to redeem and restore all that is culminating in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And Jesus says in the book of Revelation, Behold, I am making all things new, and he restores all things because a triangle set with another triangle in just the right way forms a square. That's the overarching story of the Bible, but it's not just the overarching story of the Bible, it's the kind of the, the pattern that humanity has. And so we've attached four words to these four geometric shapes. And the first word is ought. Every human being, whether you are a Christian or not a Christian, have an idea of the world the way it ought to be. The second word is is. The world that is, is not what it ought to be. Every person knows that. If you are not a Christian, you know that deep down in your soul. And if you are a Christian, you know that not just in your soul, but you know it from reading the Bible, that the world we live in is not what God intended. The third word is hope. Everyone has a hope that we are counting on to return the world or at least move the world more to what God, what it was intended to be, which is the ideal. Every person is wired like this. Ecclesiastes says God has placed eternity in the hearts of men. This is what is meant by that. 
You want to know why people are so rabid about politics right now? It's because politics is their hope. They're saying, if we can just get the right people, if the government will just do what it's supposed to do, then the world will be more of what we want it to be, what it was intended to be, more of the ideal. You want to know why people are rabid about climate change, right? Because it's their hope. Education, hope. But it's not just for the whole world. It's not just that every person and every human being has this idea that there's a hope that will restore the world. It's also true of each one of our individual lives. Every human being has this feeling that there is something they should be that they are not, that what their life is is not what it ought to be. And we place our hope in something where we say, if only this was true, then my life would be what I want it to be. If only I had a better job. If only I had my family got along, if only I had more friends, if only I was skinnier, if only I had more snazzy sport coats like Joe Coffee, right? <laughs> then life would be exactly the way it was meant to be, right? But here at Christ Community Chapel, we believe that Jesus Christ is that hope. That there is no real hope for the world outside of Jesus. That there is no real hope for the brokenness inside of a human being, inside of our lives or the lives of people in our neighborhoods other than Jesus. So we are all about Jesus. We also feel like this describes what real discipleship is. Listen, making a disciple isn't getting a 10-year-old to pray a prayer so that they get their ticket to heaven so that they won't go to hell when they die. Jesus said, teaching them all that I have commanded you. What real discipleship is, is Jesus coming into a life in such a way that he begins to remake us. That's why we chose the word reimagine, that we have to imagine what life was supposed to be because all of our brokenness, Jesus comes into that brokenness. He makes our marriage into what he wants it to be. He makes our relationships into what he wants them to be. He helps us handle our money the way he wants us to handle our money. Everything is about Jesus coming into our lives. In some ways, this isn't really a new vision for Christ Community Chapel. You know, we started this church with a, a purpose statement to help people come to know Jesus, grow in their relationship with him and serve him daily. Right? The reason that we are choosing reimagine instead of grow is because sometimes people think when they think grow in my relationship with Jesus, they think Bible study. I just need to get involved with a Bible study. And that's true, right? But if a Bible study isn't helping you actually change, if it's not changing you from the inside out, reimagining your life with Jesus in it, then you're just gaining head knowledge and you just think you're growing, but you're not. But when you say reimagine your life because of Jesus, then the Bible then begins to shape you and help you with that. We've always had Jesus front and center of our church. And I'll be honest with you, I feel like this is the kind of the culmination of 39 years of our church history. This is what's true. God is always bringing things into your life and everything he's bringing into your life, he brings into it for a purpose. And he's done that in the past to get you to the point where you are right now. And he's bringing stuff into your life right now to prepare you for what's going to happen. He is the only one who knows that. And he's constantly, you know, there was a movie years ago called Karate Kid. 
right? The, this is the 1984 movie, I think. Karate Kid uh, was, uh, there was a guy named Mr. Miyagi who was the karate, you know, expert, the master. And he had his student Daniel doing all kinds of things, wax on, wax off, if you remember the movie. And Daniel had no idea why he was learning wax on, wax off, but Mr. Miyagi knew. Mr. Miyagi knew that he would need those movements in a very short amount of time. When I look back on 39 years of Christ Community Chapel, God is the ultimate Mr. Miyagi. Every single part, everything, every stage that he has brought us through is preparing us for right now and the future. From the purpose statement to know Jesus, grow in your relationship with him, serve him daily, to the importance of community groups, to CLC, to Just Because, to global outreach, to Micah 6-8 weekends, to venues for worship, every single thing he has brought for this time, this place. So the question we began to ask is, are we to the place right now where God is inviting us to do something wonderful, do something great with him and for him? I told you last week about Hudson Taylor. Hudson Taylor is considered by most missiologists to be the person that introduced Jesus to China, to the country of China. And now there are between 150 and 250 million Christians in China. And Hudson Taylor had this great saying where he said, if anyone attempts anything great for God, they should expect three stages. First, it's impossible then it's difficult, then it's done. First it's impossible, then it's difficult, then it's done. And as soon as I read that, I was going, oh, I want to do that. I want to be a part of something that's impossible unless God is involved. I want to be a a part of something that even though it's difficult, it's worth doing. And then, oh, if I could see something that we attempted that was great for God and see it done, how wonderful would that be? And that brought us to like stating three things that we want to have happen in the next 30 years. By the year 2050, and we are capturing it with just three simple statements. Everyone, every community, everywhere. Everyone, every community, everywhere. And the way it's stated in this prayer guide, listen, if you have not picked up this prayer guide, please pick one up. Nothing important is ever going to happen through our church without prayer. Nothing great is ever going to be accomplished for God without the Holy Spirit going before us, going with us, going after us. So pick up this prayer guide. But in the prayer guide, the way these three goals are stated is that everyone means to reimagine North, reimagine everyone within a 10-mile radius of this church having a Christ-following friend. Everyone within a 10-mile, all your neighbors, everyone within a 10-mile radius having a Christ-following friend by the year 2050. Every community is to reimagine Northeast Ohio with a gospel-preaching church in every single community. And then everywhere means that everywhere would have a Christ-centered witness everywhere in the world. And this is what we feel like our part is. For everyone within a 10-mile radius to have a Christ-following friend, we feel like 10,000 people need to come into a relationship with Jesus by the year 2050. 10,000 more people in a 10-mile radius. 
For every community, we feel like our church, our part will be to start two churches every year for the next 30 years, to have 60 churches come out of this church and planted in Northeast Ohio. And then everywhere, we feel like God is calling us for us to give $30 million in the next 30 years for global missions. Everyone, every community, everywhere. I talked about everyone last week. Everyone has been the, this has been the heartbeat of Christ Community Chapel since it began. Jim College started this church in order to try to reach people for Jesus, which is why come to know Jesus is the first part of the purpose statement. This church has only had two lead pastors in its history, Jim College and myself. And both of us long to see people come to know Jesus. And in order to have 10,000 people come to know Jesus in the next 30 years, we know that takes strategy and it takes training. All right, the strategy you will get in the reimagined class. When you go to the reimagined class, you'll see what our plan is to try to do that. The training, your next step for training will be to take a class called Share Jesus. Share Jesus is an, it's a great class. It's a class that our whole staff is going through right now. It's a class that's being offered on Sunday nights. It is wonderful. It will prepare you to be a part of this vision. That's everyone. I want to talk about every community today and everywhere next week. Okay, every community. We feel like God is calling us to start 60 churches in the next 30 years. Actually, 58 churches. Because two churches, Wingfoot Church in Goodyear Heights, Story Church in Mayfield Heights had their first Sunday this day. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. One of them, their, their church, their service is going on right now, right? Unbelievable. They've been training and preparing for a year to plant these, those churches, and now they're planted. A year from today, I mean, a year from this month, we will be down to 56 churches, because two of our, we have two more church planters. Ray and Nicole Byrne will be planting their church in Shaker Heights in September of 2021. And then Josh and Michelle Hibbard will be planting their church in Canton in September of 2021. So we'll be down to 56. Right? And this is what I want to tell you. Let me first tell you the difference between a church plant and a church campus, because we've had campuses before. A campus is a little bit like a franchise. You know, like we took what we were doing here at CCC. We thought, this is great. We're going to take it. And we're going to try to put it in another community. A little bit like a Starbucks. You go anywhere, go into a Starbucks. It's kind of the same thing. You understand you're in a Starbucks, all that. A church plant is more like a local coffee shop. We want our church plants to be part and parcel of the community in which they're a part of. All right, so let me go ahead and give you my three points. And then... Uh, for this particular goal. I want to tell you what they do, what we require our church planters to do. I want to tell you what we do as a church to support and prepare them. And I want to tell you what you, all of you can do. All right, what they do, what we do, what you can do. First, what they do. A church planter, after going through kind of a rigorous selection process, is invited to become a part of Orchard NEL. That means they have to move their families here to Northeast Ohio to be missionaries to Northeast Ohio. And I use that word on purpose. 
When we go through the book of Acts, you will see that the rhythm of the early church was to send missionaries to different communities for the express purpose of starting a local church. That was their goal. So a church planner who starts at Orchard NEO has to say, I am committed to being a missionary in Northeast Ohio. Then we give them a Uh, a chance to choose their community out of the 60 communities that we have identified that need a gospel-preaching church. Once they do that, they move their families right in that community, and they begin a year-long process of training. And that brings me to the second point, what we provide for them. Uh, Here is our Orchard NEO staff, uh, Zach Wyrock, who's the director of Orchard NEO, And then there is uh, Paul Turner, who is the assistant director in charge of mission and community. And then there's Drew Gasser, who's uh, assistant director in charge of logistics. What we do for a church planner when they come, first we pay their full salary and benefits to make sure that they can focus just on church planting. Then they will go into uh, a class with Zach Wyrock, who will teach them 50 two-hour sessions about church planting. If you've ever spent any time with Zach, if you spend two hours with him, that's a long time, right? You get a lot of information, and it is amazing stuff. Then they, two days a week, Paul Turner takes them to their community to make sure they are contextualizing everything they are learning into their particular community. Drew Gasser is the one in charge of logistics. He creates a step-by-step kind of checklist that they have to check off one, time, one item at a time that they have to have the entire list done before they can actually launch their church. So they're constantly working on that. They work on a paper that is a project that captures their vision for their particular community and their church plant. We train a worship leader and pay for the worship leader to go with them when they go. We pay one full year of all the expenses of their church. We have everybody on our staff here at Christ Community Chapel, whenever they do it, we do anything. We have to scale it so that a church planner can use it. So when a church planner heads out, they'll have a, a kids ministry starter kit. Our communications team will help them form a website and a marketing plan. We have a logistics board full of lay people that are, if you can imagine like a a Rolodex file where we have somebody who's a, a lawyer and somebody who's a banker and somebody who's into real estate and somebody who's into HR so that they will know the things, have some resource for the things that they never studied in seminary that they will need as a church planter. So this is what I want you to know. Oh, one more thing. Uh, for their personal health, emotionally, spiritually, physically. One of the things that we require of the couple is to go through re-engage ministry to strengthen their marriage because we know that church planting puts a strain on marriages. Then we uh, have them meet with a, periodically with a financial counselor to be prepared with their finances. And then finally, we provide a personal counselor for them to prepare them emotionally as best we can for the challenges of church planting. This is what I want you to know that, you know, about four years ago, we decided that we felt like we needed to respond to the opiate epidemic that was ravaging our community. And so I, we hired Dan Gregory and we said, go all over the country, find best practices. We want to do something that is absolutely the best that we can do for this opiate epidemic. 
And what's come of that is this ministry that we are calling Restore, which is going to, we're going to have a, like an open house in a month for Restore. It's going to be awesome. It's an amazing place. We did the same thing with Zach. I told Zach, listen, go all over the country, find the best practices of everybody who's planting churches because we want to do something that is not being done anywhere. And Zach was saying, are you sure? And I said, listen, I will vouch for our congregation. You prepare, you do the very best and we will back it. Our people will do this. And I just want to say thanks. You have done what what I promised Zach you would which has allowed us to create a program that I don't know is being duplicated anywhere in the United States to prepare people to actually plant a church and do it successfully. And the other thing we are giving them access to is you. Because we want to say, if you are in their community, we say, listen, you go find those people in your, in your community and recruit them out of our church into yours because we are so committed to church planting. All right, that's what we do for them. And now, now let me tell you what you can do. When we did um, Micah 6-8 weekends, we felt like we wanted everyone to get involved in one way or another. And so we would give you a card that had three different things to do. And we would say, you need to do one thing or two things or all three things. And we'd say, you need to pray, give, or go. It's the same thing we're going to ask you to do here for the church planting. The first thing is we are asking you to pray. Everyone needs to pray. We will never do anything great for God unless we are first committed to prayer. So this is what I want to ask you to do. Get on the Orchard NEO website and subscribe. And if you subscribe, what will happen is that every few weeks you'll get a very short email with specific prayer requests that you can pray for these particular church planters, for Josh and for Ray. All right, so do that. The second thing is you can give. There are two ways we are supporting Orchard NEO. One is through our general fund, and the other is through designated gifts. We will not be able to plant 30 or 60 churches in 30 years without sustained, generous giving, which you have always done. And the last thing is you can go. Uh, if you live in that community, and we are trying to choose communities first, where we have at least 50 people who come to this church from that community. If you live in one of the communities, we want you to consider going with them to join in their mission to reach your community for Jesus. If you know people who live in that community, if you have family members that live in that community, encourage them, speak positively about this church planting effort. Listen, I love this goal of everyone, every community, everywhere. I love what Hudson Taylor said about attempting something great for God. But more than what Hudson Taylor said, I love what Hudson Taylor did, which is Hudson Taylor decided to go to China. And he said, I will bring Jesus to China and then let God do the rest. And now there are 200 to 250 million Christians in China. I read the other day, that missiologists and church experts believe that in the next 30 years, by the year 2050, China will be a predominantly Christian nation. China will be a predominantly Christian nation. You know what that means? That means there's a revolution happening right now in the soul 
of China. It means that China is being reimagined because of Jesus. And it doesn't matter what the government does. It doesn't matter who the president of China is. They are like way up here. God is doing something underneath that no one can stop because God is doing it. If he can do that in China, could he not do that here in Northeast Ohio? Could God not use us to have Northeast Ohio reimagined because of Jesus? Could God be calling us to be a part of something great? Where within 30 years, by the year 2050, that everyone in a 10-mile radius will have a Christ-following friend, that there will be a gospel-preaching church in every single community in Northeast Ohio, and that $30 million will be given to support global missions around the world. Hudson Taylor said, first it seems impossible, then it's only difficult, and then it's done. Let's do this. I feel like everything that God has done in the last 39 years has prepared us for this moment to attempt something great for God so that he can be glorified and that he can use us to do this for him and with him. And in the process, we will be reimagined as well. Would you pray with me? Father in heaven, we come to you and we're so, so grateful. I am grateful that you did not leave us a shard of what you created us to be. But instead, you went on this great rescue operation, gave us Jesus, and through Jesus, everything about our lives can be reimagined. And then you allow us to participate with you to do something that only you can do, but you allow us to participate with you. And I pray you will. I pray that everyone, every community, everywhere will find out about Jesus. And in doing so, Jesus will begin to make all things new, including us. Thanks. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.